Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufel. Let's make the workday better. Hello, welcome to episode 77 of Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. And it is finally getting cold. It's November, so hopefully you've been enjoying the winter vibes. Let's start off today's episode with some news, and then we'll head into our interview with Alyssa Coleman, which is going to be amazing, especially during this crazy year of 2020. Let's dive into some headlines. First headline from social media today, TikTok tests new learn feed to boost educational content. So TikTok is expanding its Learn on TikTok program, which it first announced back in May this year. So they're dedicating a new learn stream of videos within the app. It's like the alternative for that following and for you streams that you see at the top. So this would give you access to to a dedicated vertical scrolling flow like the other content, but educational, which I think is super smart on TikTok's part. So this is my take. Super smart because a lot of what's performing well right now is the education. Yes, we have the dance trends, the other trends like the comedy side, but not a lot of people are comfortable with the dancing and the jokes Like if that's not your personality. So other people are turning toward education, which I've noticed is a trend on the Instagram reels, which is trying to mirror TikTok. So I think this is pretty smart on TikTok's part. So they're trying to really dive into this education thing that's happening on its own and just making it more accessible to users, which will probably mean that education stuff will perform even better as well. So they're only testing it for some users right now, but it potentially could roll out to everyone in the future. Next story from Search Engine Journal, Zoom security failures alleged in FTC settlements. This is interesting because Zoom is kind of a way of life now. So the FTC announced a comprehensive settlement with Zoom regarding many alleged shortcomings in security. I've talked about this before when Zoom was first getting super popular again with the start of 2020. There was some apprehension about the security features and the FTC is still... This is still happening. So as part of the agreement, Zoom neither admits or denies any of the allegations, making that clear. They neither admit or deny. The agreement requires Zoom to make changes that are intended to improve security. Several of the top allegations against Zoom are, this is interesting, misled users on level of security, unencrypted storage of recordings in cloud, bypassed Safari browser security, Increased risk of video surveillance and deceptive software release notifications. Those don't sound very good. And again, these are just allegations. I don't want to get in trouble by Zoom, but these, this is interesting. So that's going on right now. Be on the lookout for that. And as always, make sure when you're not using your camera, you can put a piece of tape over it or a little piece of paper. Just make sure that you are being careful no matter what. This is all alleged, uh, but this is going on. So I wanted everyone to be aware, but just make sure you're being safe and always check if you're getting an update about something, a software, make sure it's coming from the actual company. So those are some two news updates today, and then we're going to dive right into our interview right now. I am so excited. Are you guys ready? Okay, let's do this. Alyssa Coleman is a productivity guru. She coaches entrepreneurs, bloggers, influencers, all the people to get more done, make more money, and make a bigger impact. 
In this episode, we talked to her about her career journey, how to even get into this space, taking your productivity to the next level, how to identify where you should be spending time in your business. I need that. Hello. How to fight off procrastination. Oh, I need that. Maybe you guys need that too. I especially 2020 procrastination has been a big part of my life this year. So let's learn how to fight it off. She also gives her top three time management tips. And we talk about automation where you can automate things in your business to save you time, make you more money. This episode is really awesome and kind of just a nice way to self-reflect on where you're at with all of these things. And she is really good at specific insights, so you'll be able to take some of these away and start working on them immediately after the episode. Alyssa, welcome to Working Girl Talk. You are exactly what we need right now, so I'm very excited to talk to you. <laughs> oh my God, I feel you. I feel like everyone in the world, even productivity gurus, like need more productivity this year <laughs> or just like to talk about it because I think it's like we're all in this weird limbo, you know? Totally. We need those reminders. So this is going to be amazing. <laughs> so I want to start off. Could you give us just like a brief intro to who you are for my audience that may not be familiar with you? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a productivity strategist. I mostly work with um, creative entrepreneurs and basically my whole job is to help people be more productive in their business and the way that i do that is less about like time management and more about creating systems and structure and automation in your business or your side hustle or whatever it is so that every little bit of time that you do have for your business actually goes so much further right so you know i always like to say like i want the robots to be doing like 90 percent of the work for me and then when i show up it's just that like little bit of gas that um you know the the engine needs to like keep going on its own which um you know for us productivity is so like often misconstrued to be this thing that's just all about like getting more done like for us it's more about actually how do we have more freedom how do we put things into place so that actually we don't have to do as much and so it's kind of flipping the script on that but yeah that's <laughs> in a nutshell what we do with uh, with entrepreneurs I love that and I love your use of the word freedom because yeah. as you were saying that I was like wow, like sometimes I do feel like bound by my own schedule. It's like a mess of my own making, like all these to-do right. lists, like everything to do and you feel trapped. How do we do that? I don't know. <laughs> totally. So before we get into the specifics, which I'm dying to ask you so many things, I want to hear, and my audience wants to hear more about your career journey. So was there like a tipping point to get you to be passionate about this? Where does this passion come from? So... <laughs> It's like a long, windy journey. Um, I think so many people's entrepreneurial journeys, looking back, are so much crazier than what you envision the entrepreneurial journey to be like. But um, I graduated from university with a degree in environmental politics, um, so nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Um, and I got the dream job, like pretty much right out of uh, university. I got, you know, my dream was to work for the UN and like the backup dream was to work for Environment Canada, which is kind of like our, you know, government, anyway, you get the idea by the name. And I landed the job, it was incredible pay considering like I was waitressing, you know, before that to pay my way through university. And it was everything that I wanted, except I hated it. <laughs> I got the job and within a couple months, I just absolutely hated it. And luckily I was actually filling in for someone. So um, 
the role did have like an end date, although there was opportunity for growth there. But it was this real like wake up moment for me within the first couple of months realizing, you know, everything I had been working for, it just was, you know, I got there and it wasn't what I wanted. And so that was a real transition for me. I went back to school and, um, long story short, decided to start my own business. And when I was doing that, um, you know, I quickly realized how unproductive I was and how I almost felt like I had created this sort of, like you were saying, this like cage for myself. And I was like, who, ha who do I have to blame? You know, this, why am I constantly working? I have no free time. I'm not even really making that much money considering how much, you know, of my time and energy I'm devoting to this business. Um, and so I just had this like, realization that I could again I couldn't continue down this path and I thought I was just destined to be this like you know procrastinator I always like associated myself with being the person who like works well under pressure and like puts everything off and like all of that but I I was determined to figure out okay even somebody like me who's lazy who procrastinates who puts things off how do, how am I going to run a business? So I became obsessed with productivity. I read every freaking book on the topic, the boring ones. I tried all the hacks. Like I did so much weird stuff too. A lot of stuff is really like hacky in terms of like what you're supposed to do to be productive. Like I had a trampoline in my office. You're supposed to like take a break every, every, I think it was, I want to say it was every 45 minutes or something like that and jump on a trampoline. And it was like, that was one of the more fun ones, but it didn't work at all. I was just like sweaty all day. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I tried all of these things and I, and I slowly started putting parts of them together. And what I realized is that it was really, most of it was created for the corporate world. So kind of what I was describing, like really designed to like get your employees to do more every day and like, but still pay them the same amount. Like it, I just had this undertone of hustle that I really didn't subscribe to. And so I sort of meshed some of that with the real modern type of business that I wanted to run and I knew like my friends and my clients wanted to run which was really based on like having freedom having location independence being able to like randomly take a Wednesday off and go meet your friend at the spa because she's in town or like whatever it is um and yeah so <laughs> this story is getting really windy but basically at that point when I started figuring some stuff out I started kind of having my own success with productivity I started sharing it with my current clients they started having success and you know what happened is they started you know word got out and they were like hey you know like people are you know my friend wants to know if you do this productivity thing um just as a standalone service and i was like uh sure yeah <laughs> you know i suddenly did that um <laughs> i created my invoice real quick and then um it kind of snowballed from there suddenly like more and more people were asking for this i was talking about it more and i was clearly like more passionate about it. Um, and so I just followed that. And that's how I, that was maybe three years ago now. And, um, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> I love that. And there's so many little things that I want the audience to like pay attention to in that. So going for that dream career path, realizing it wasn't for you and then making the decision to change it. Because I think sometimes the fear of that oh my God. keeps us there. So it's like, we stay in the bad job, even though we, I was freaking terrified. It. Yeah. 
I totally, and like anybody who's in that situation, I get it. I just spent four years of my life and like thousands of dollars, <laughs> um, you know, going in this direction. And I'll, I'll tell you on the other side, like, I'm so, 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 so glad I did. I love that. So that's the reminder. If you need to hear that today, <laughs> that's yeah. the reminder to it's okay to take a risk and pivot because it's worth it. And then I also love that you mentioned that they're like, oh, do you offer this as a service? And you're like, yeah, that reminds <laughs> me of that, like fake it till you make it or totally. like, because sometimes you just need to do that and yeah. not that fear. Absolutely. I think that's such a like entrepreneur thing to do, you know, like everything you're like, yeah, I, I sell this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. So awesome. And it's also like listening to what people want from you. Cause yeah. there's that quote, like, don't fall in love with, there's like the, the business fall in love with like your mission and what you want to do. Like, yeah. so if you were to like, Oh no, this is my only service I do. You would have never pivoted to that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's dive into some specifics. So everyone get your notepads out, get, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> so first off, I wanted to talk about how, where do you even start? So if, say you're feeling that trapped feeling, like you're bound by your schedule and all these to-do items, how do you identify where you should be spending time on your business or side hustle? Do you have like a hack or, I don't know about the word hack, yeah. but, <laughs> but tips. Yeah, I do have a hack. No, I actually do. So one thing that I am really passionate about is this thing that I call that your daily non-negotiables. And I'm, I just actually got off a call with some of my clients where we were having an implementation call on these non-negotiables because we're always trying to, as a company, like look for ways to help make our make doing this easier because we know how impactful it is. And so point is, everybody needs to do this. Like if you take one thing from the podcast, it should be these things. So basically, if you only have an hour a day, let's say you're, you know, you have another job or you're a mom and you like have only nap time, here's what you got to do. Four things. Number one, figure out your entrepreneurial mindset. This is the thing that I skipped for so long and I wish I didn't, but entrepreneurship is 100% a mental game. Like so often what, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like so often when things are not working out in your business, even if you have a team, it comes down to you being the biggest bottleneck. It comes back to your limiting beliefs, your self-sabotage patterns, your, um, you know, habits. It, it always comes back to these things. And so first off, prioritize that entrepreneurial mindset in some way, shape or form, your choice, <laughs> dealer's choice. Number two is to actively ask yourself, what am I doing today, right now, in this hour, to grow my community in some way. And I always really recommend like trying to grow an email list. That's absolutely the most productive way to grow your community in my eyes. Um, and so I, I find a lot of times people will just kind of cross their fingers and be like, let's hope somebody new finds me today, you know, <laughs> and we've all been there or maybe you have, you know, marketing running, um, you know, on, on automate, but I want you to ask yourself, like, how am I showing up today and growing my community in some way and showing up as that, um, as that presence in your business? The third thing is, how am I nourishing people today? So if you've done the work of growing your community and you're doing it every single day, this is something I see skipped quite a lot. People go from growth right to the next thing and forget that somewhere in between people finding you and people being ready to invest in you in any way, they need to 
build a relationship with you and they need to see you as the expert or see you as somebody relatable or you know it really is about creating this community i find in 2020 like it's all about community there's there's a million products everybody could buy something advertising is literally everywhere you can't even look for sushi without seeing advertising for <laughs> that product you were thinking about last week so anybody could buy from anyone, but the reason that they buy from people is that they have a connection with them. They see themselves in them, or they feel like they're the best person to teach this, or they think this product is superior, or straight up, they've just seen that product enough times that they their brain now wants it, right? So show up, nourish your community in some way, like provide some sort of value, solve a problem, um, show up for them in some way. And then the last thing is to make an offer. And another one that, like, it depends on your personality, but people will skip one or two, just depending on what where their limiting beliefs are. Um, but the fourth one is make an offer. If you've got something to sell, which if you're a business, you should, <laughs> um, you have to show up and tell people, hey, I have this thing and here's how you can buy it. And again, not just cross your fingers. And, you know, this was something I noticed myself doing when I first, first started my business. I was just like waiting for someone to be like, hi, can I purchase from you? Like, you know, I thought that this was just how it's going to happen. Someone was just going to walk up and be like, hello, ma'am, I would like the, you know, one order of your product. Absolutely not. That does not happen. You have to be out there repping your own products. People get really squeamish when I say this, that you have to do this every single day, but it does a lot of really cool things, including allowing you to find new and creative ways to talk about your offer without just being like a broken record every single day. So four things, they take us less than an hour every single day. And so we know these are our non-negotiables. And if I want to take the rest of the day off and, you know, do whatever, I know that I've done the important things that these four areas, if I've covered those, I know that my business will be growing. I love that. As you're saying that, I was like, oh, guilty of that. Oh, yep, guilty <laughs> of that. <laughs> that is awesome. And I was right. Everyone take notes, like write that down. That was incredible. <laughs> Such well, a I had that one ready, locked and loaded. <laughs> no, I'm like on my soapbox here because I'm, I'm, I'm so obsessed with, the reason that I discovered these is I became obsessed with what high achievers I became obsessed with their daily routines and what they did every day and what the commonalities were between like, you know, Elon Musk and Oprah, like what do they have in common? And, you know, not just celebrities, but all, you know, entrepreneurs. And what I really found was that in some way they were doing these four things, even, you know, Beyonce was sharing her offer every single day. And so it's really cool to know, like, every business is so different and you should approach it in a way that feels like organic and you know intuitive to you but if you know if i'm like hitting these four areas i'm literally following following the oprah like model you know and if it's good enough for oprah it's good enough for me <laughs> yes yes we love that and i like the your uh point number four about like talking, advocating for your own products or services. I know when I first started the podcast, like even though like I was passionate about it and love it and know I'm providing value, I was kind of nervous to like sell it. But then I right. realized if I'm not my biggest cheerleader for my own thing, like who else is going to be like, right. <laughs> don't I need to be an advocate for it? It's so weird. I think we're like almost shy about our own stuff. And I wonder, you know, if this is like a 
not to get too deep into the patriarchy here, but like, I, I don't know, like, is this something that we've been conditioned to be like modest and, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I see this over and over and I did the exact same thing. I was so, yeah, like shy, even though I cared so much about it, I put so much work into it. Like what, there's this weird disconnect there. I don't know. I don't know why we do it, but you almost have to just like, it's going to be awkward at first. Like you're going to go on Instagram stories and be like, that was weird the way that I just talked about my offer, but then you won't do it next time. And it's like, (laughs) it's all part of the adventure, I guess. (laughs) Yes. And that's also a good reminder too, that like everything takes time, even if it doesn't seem like it, like that takes practice too. Even if it is talking about your own products or business, don't be hard on yourself. Anyone. Like I always think about my website and stuff like that. Like the first page I built on my website and I'm by no means an expert, but like first page I built was absolutely shameful. Like if I went back and looked at that right now, it would be so embarrassing, but I was so proud of it, you know? But then the next one I built was like just that tiny bit better. And then the next one was just that little bit better. And so if I waited for it to be this perfect thing, and this is like everything in entrepreneurship, I find like, if you wait to have the perfect thing to say about your offer or that perfect page or the per- even if your program is like 100% perfect or your product is 100% perfect, it will never improve, you know? Totally. Yes. That's like a golden buzzer moment right there. <laughs> like everyone like take note of that. Like you keep having to do it. Like you'll never yeah. be perfect if you're not practicing. It makes no sense. <laughs> Right. It makes no sense, but I think perfectionists out there are like, what? No, I know. I want to move on to the topic of pr- procrastination because mm. I'm sure, especially in this year, I know I, I see your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm sure this year, especially that has been an issue for people because like our whole schedules have changed and life has been way crazier than normal, but procrastination is a huge thing. And how do we fight it off? Do you have any insights into that? Like, have you noticed that in yourself? What have you done to overcome procrastination? Well, first of all, I want to say like, this has been a very distracting year for a lot of reasons. Some of them great. Some of them not great. Some of them deserved our attention. I think this year we all have to have a little bit of like patience with ourselves. You know, I, I I have noticed a lot of entrepreneurs being like really tough on themselves. And I'm like, dudes, this is a crazy time to be alive and a crazy time to be running a business and a crazy time to be part of like, just to be in the world. So like, it's cool. (laughs) It's fine. But that being said, I mean, I've been a procrastinator my whole life. I thought that this, this was just like who I was, but what I now know is that procrastination is just a form of self-sabotage. It's really, it's a mental thing. And I hate to say this because I'm so like strategy and systems focused as a just as a person. Um, and I, and I looked, trust me guys, I freaking looked for the hacks and the, and the, and the tips and the tricks to get over procrastination, but it really always comes back down to some form of self-sabotage. I think a lot about the things that I would procrastinate on. And it was always the things that I cared about the most. It really shines this light on the fact that it, it, almost always comes back to two things. The first one is fear. You have a fear about doing this thing or what will happen after you've done it or who you'll be after you complete it. And what if it goes terribly wrong? Or what if it goes really well? And then now you have this awesome new job and you have to move to Paris, you know, like that would be both incredible and 
terrifying, right? So it, it could almost always come back to fear. But the other side of that is also perfectionism, which is just kind of another form of fear and another form of self-sabotage. But this is the other thing that I find, you know, it's, I find it usually falls into one of these two camps. And the perfectionism one is that you care about it so much that you want it to be perfect. So, so much so that you don't even want to start until you know you, you can do it perfectly, right? Or you have the perfect moment or you have enough headspace or you're feeling inspired or you're like, you know, you've eaten a good breakfast. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Perfectionists will come up with every type of excuse for it for the reason that you're doing it. And it's again, because you care so much, right? Um, and so I usually find the best way to get out of it is first, like you have to kind of go there. You have to figure out why you're why you're procrastinating. And, and, and a lot of times when you start getting into it, you'll write something down that you're like, this is so stupid once I've written it down now, you know? But when it's in your head, it's real and it's, it's, it's stopping you. So number one is to like write that all down. But the other reason that you want to get to the root of it is also like, let's say something comes up, like um, I'm really worried that if I get this job, I'm going to have to work from home and then I'm going to be in my partner's space or something like that. And we're going to start driving each other crazy and whatever it is. And not only is that going to help you get some clarity around, okay, maybe what that really means is that I'm craving space or whatever, right? Um, but also you now have this list of things that you can find practical solutions for. So maybe you're like, all right, so how do I fix this? Right now I've, I've cleared the like emotional stuff around it, but now how do I fix this? Okay, number one, him and I are gonna, you know, create some boundaries around when this is gonna happen or when we're gonna meet for coffee or whatever, right? You can find practical solutions for these things. But then also, um, you know, once you have your solutions, my next best tip is to put some actionable items into your to-do list and then start a timer. So I don't know, have you ever talked about the Pomodoro method? No, tell okay. us. Okay, this is like a secret hack. This is my favorite thing for procrastinators. Basically what it is, is a technique made up by somebody. I think he was like, anyway, let's not get into that. It's, it's a technique to help you do focused work. And all you do is you set a timer for 25 minutes. So you close all your tabs, choose one task, like one specific item that you want to do. Let's say it's like, I want to write this email to my audience today or like in the next hour. So you close everything, only have open the like Google Doc that you're going to write this email in and you set a timer for 25 minutes. During those 25 minutes, oh, also turn off your phone and like throw it across the room. <laughs> because it's number one distraction and like literally my phone will be off sometimes I'll turn it off and I'm still like picking it up and it's it's I don't know that's a whole other problem we're obsessed uh so turn off your phone set the timer start the timer and just start working on that email that's it that's literally the whole hack but try this when the timer goes off so 25 minutes later the timer goes off and you take a 10 minute break or maybe it's supposed to be five but I always take 10 <laughs> I don't know the official rules, but I do 25 and 10 and you take a 10 minute break. You know that in that time, you're not going to keep working. You're 100% going to take a break, go get a glass of water, go pee, whatever you got to do, go check your phone on the other side of the room. Um, and then you come back and you do it again, but you will be so amazed by how much you do in 25 minutes when you've closed everything and you have this timer and it's like, I don't know, it like puts on this pressure, but you know, there's going to be a break and you know, you can have multiple Pomodoros. It's mind blowing. Like 
you got to try it. It's so cool, especially when you're procrastinating on something or it's like something that you, you know, you have a bit of resistance towards. So if you don't like writing emails, let's say, you know, you're like, you're always like, oh, writing emails take me forever. Try it on, try it on that. I love that. And that is the perfect example. Like personally, I take forever to write emails. So that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was so crazy. Um, Yeah. No, dude, you have to try it. I use a website called tomatotimer.com, I think, but like there's tons of apps and different things. Um, So you just, and it will like automatically do the timer for you, but you could just, just set a timer for 25 minutes. Perfect. I love that. I think everyone needs to try it. Get back to us. Send some DMs to Alyssa. Let her know if it worked. (laughs) Such a great tip. And I wanted to also talk about automation. So Mm -hmm. what is like an area of your business where you found automation helpful? Because if I think some people are very curious, like they know the word automation, but maybe don't know what it means or how to implement it in their business. Yeah. So the way that we focus on automation is, you know, at the beginning, I mentioned the four main areas that you want to focus on the three of them. So not mindset because you can't really automate your mindset yet. (laughs) Um, But the other three we use as like a theme for the quarter and we try to automate something in that area. So, um, so how can you automate growing your audience in some way? So in maybe like Q1, we're focusing on, on growth and we'll put in an automation for maybe Uh, running a Facebook ad or um, having some sort of, um, you know, social media scheduler. We like to use Meet Edgar, which automatically recycles your old content and puts it out to your audience every single day. And it takes a little bit, it's like everything to do with automation takes a little bit of time up front and then it's the results pay off for quarter after quarter after quarter. Um, you know, same thing with nourishment. Maybe you have a systems, you know, an automation set up with Pinterest where your pins are constantly going out that lead people to your blog or to your podcast or to your old IGTV videos. So, you know, your audience is getting, um, value, or maybe you have, uh, you know, some sort of sequence when people join your email list that sends them emails that warm them up, emails that send them to your maybe webinars or sends them to your products or gives them a coupon code or gets them to book a call with you. Um, All of those would be great um, nourishment automations. And then, of course, we're always trying to automate the offer uh, section. So how can you be making offers without actually having to show up and make the offers, even though, spoiler alert, you do have to show up and do your... (laughs) your active one hour of non-negotiables, but see how this starts to have this like crazy compounding effect. So every quarter we're automating one of these four areas and we show up every day and do them actively. And so I know that my business is running and it's, it's going through these four you know quadrants every single day and I'm doing it every single day. So it just creates this compounding effect that's, that's insane. I love that. There was a lot of good ideas in there. So automating your social media, your um, emails, things like that, that could end up being such a time suck, just getting it done at the beginning of the quarter. That's such a great tip. Yeah. And you want to just like kind of look at what you do repeatedly and just Google, is there an automation for this? And there is an, there's literally an automation for everything. Um, you know, if you're often replying to emails with the same thing, maybe change your auto reply to include the answers to those questions. Or um, when someone inquires about booking a call with you, it automatically sends them back your calendar booking system. So you never have to do anything and it just shows up in your calendar. 
And this is especially important for people who like don't have a lot of time. So if you have a side hustle, you want your like so much of your business running while you're asleep or while you're at your other job or, you know, at school or whatever it is. Love it. So much goodness in there. I'm sure everyone is furiously writing still. (laughs) Um, Before we head into the top 10, one last question, even though I could talk to you forever. um, One last question before top 10. If you could give one like time management tip to anyone out there who's really struggling, what would it be? We already had some great ones with Pomodoro method and things like that. But like, what's that one like time management tip you would give? The, the best thing you can do is figure out really how to have a strong calendar. So like your calendar should be the, the main hub of your business. Um, it, and so as soon as you can really start thinking, like move from being to-do list um, oriented to being calendar oriented, that's usually a big time management shift for people because your to-do list could run you forever. And there's all your, I mean, every entrepreneur's to-do list is never ending. No matter how many times I tell entrepreneurs, like just put three things on your list, like no one's ever done it. And I'm even, you know, guilty of putting more than three things, like, you know, just the things you're like, well, I'll do that tomorrow, but I'll put it here now. And it's like, that's a total no-no, but we all do it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we can't help it. So, but whatever's in my calendar, is so much more easy to see um it's it's just much easier to see how much time everything's going to take you obviously and what's realistic because my to-do list might have three things on it but one is like start a podcast um you know (laughs) create that automation and grow my instagram by five thousand. like that could genuinely be someone's to-do list and like those things take months right so when you start putting all the little things into your calendar you're so much more realistic and you see hey where am i wasting a lot of time where am i spending a lot of time doing repetitive tasks where am i you know um burnt out and moving things from my calendar every time i have it in there and so once you've mastered your calendar i think that's like that's, you know, you like level up as an entrepreneur. I love that. Such great advice. So much gold in this episode. This was amazing. (laughs) Alyssa, you are awesome. (laughs) Um, So we're going, (laughs) we are going to head into the working girl talk top 10, 10 questions. I know I'm excited to ask you some of these. First one, my first job ever. I'm going to give two answers. Number one was a babysitter. I started babysitting when I was like 11 years old and I was a hustler. I would like call people and be like, Hey, do you want to, do you have plans this weekend? And they'd be like, well, <laughs> I guess we could make plans. Um, but my first real job was at Blockbuster, which is like probably making me seem old, <laughs> but they were still around then. <laughs> yeah. I was 16 and I got a job there. I it was a sick it. job. It was like a really awesome job actually. The, you used to get 10 movies a week for free, which now like all movies are free, I guess. But at the time it was a freaking steal. That is amazing. A throwback to Blockbuster. Good throwback. times. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Next one. An essential part of my morning routine. I would say my favorite part is I do my um, five minute journal. It's like this cool little thing that for lazy people, it's amazing for uh, um just for your mindset. So it asks you a couple questions about like gratitude and some other things, but that's one of my ride or dies. Love it. I'm obsessed with blank right now. Anything you're obsessed with, a show, a food, a song, a product, Mm -hmm. whatever you're obsessed with. Oh my God. That's, (laughs) that's 
Well, oh, I'll tell you what I'm obsessed with. So I'm, I just moved, I bought a house and we're renovating it. And right now I'm obsessed with Facebook Marketplace, which is like, it's like thrifting, but on your phone, it's, it's so sick. So I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. And I'm, my boyfriend probably hates it because we just like drive around and just like pick up other people's trash. <laughs> but it's amazing. My house is so, I mean, somebody's trash, somebody else's treasure. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. A girl boss that I look up to. I love the creator of the Five Minute Journal. Her name's Mimi Icon. Um, they also are the create. Her and her husband are also the creator of Luxie Hair Extensions. Do you know either of these? Yeah, They're the yeah. productivity planner. Yeah, yeah that's so awesome. They've created, they've created all these, and they're like they're really cool, and I feel like a really great example of um, the type of entrepreneur I want to be. So they, I definitely look up to them. Love it. Something coming up that I'm excited about. Ooh. Oh my God. This is like a dangerous answer. I feel like there's <laughs> things I can't say. <laughs> um, okay. Let me choose like something I can say. Oh, I'm hosting in, um, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but in November, I'm hosting a workshop called the best year yet workshop where like we plan out an entire year in business, which I think is going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. Love it. That's super exciting. Next one. I have blank at my desk always. A notebook always. Love it. I don't know how people live without notebooks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love like tools and, you know, like um, project management things, but there's something about paper, pen and paper that is just therapeutic. I couldn't live without it as a entrepreneur totally. or like as a human, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Totally agree. But sometimes I feel bad, like environmentally. Um, I don't know. Like I go through notebooks like crazy. I recycle them, I swear. <laughs> the best. If anybody listening knows like, <laughs> like the risk of solution, I saw this thing of like paper that's made from stone or something, but I'm like, is that renewable? I don't know. I have questions. It's a current problem. Is that one of your 10 questions? A current problem? <laughs> No, but maybe it should be. That's way funny. Um, yeah, I've seen some interesting notebooks like, oh, this is made from human waste paper. No, no. One? Yeah, yeah. I saw, mean, like, I saw it at Barnes & Noble yeah. once. Yeah, like I don't know the details, but it- yeah, I don't want that one. It looked like like parchment, like that thick yellowish right. old paper, like cardboardish. That I don't know. satisfying maybe. I don't know. But like as long as- I need some clarification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Investigate or not. I don't know. <laughs> um, next one. The best advice I've ever received. Um, the best entrepreneurial advice I've ever received was from my dad and he accidentally gave it. <laughs> um, but he, I was kind of saying to him when I first started my business, I had just moved into a new apartment. I didn't take a job and I was like going all in. And I was like, what if like everything changes and like, you know, I don't know what I was scared of. I think that like the internet was just going to like disappear or something. And he was like, well, if that happens, you'll figure it out. And I always, always, always think about that because it was just such an empowering moment. And it's so much the basis of what entrepreneurship is, which is just figuring it out. <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, so that's the best advice. And I think that's like, 
from my dad to now all of you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That is awesome. And a favorite book or podcast, either or, that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? My honestly, my favorite book is like a throwback. I read it all the time. And I was reading it when I quit my job at Environment Canada. Um, And it's called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's a oldie but a goodie. Yeah, it was honestly like just a life changing book for me really changed my just my perspective on a lot of things. And I think they're like maybe podcasts weren't as popular then but like there's so much information about personal development that's so digestible now but at the time so many of these simple like just concepts I had never considered and um, I genuinely like follow every single one (laughs) so (laughs) and I read that book probably like over 10 years ago now so that's awesome that's awesome what a classic what's yours Ooh, one of my favorite books is The Best Advice I Ever Got by Katie Couric, which is funny. That's the name of it. But it's just little like pieces of advice from like notable people in the world. Like the coolest book ever. Like it's just a compilation of like little pieces of advice. I need that. that. That's so cool. Yes. That's a good gift too for like for other entrepreneurs or something. Yeah. It's, I think it's a popular one for like graduations. Mm -hmm, That makes sense. But even like, yeah, entrepreneurs, it's such a good book. Good ones. So many good books and resources out it's there. It's dangerous. I don't actually like asking people that question because like, <laughs> I just end up buying the books and they sit on my shelf and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to catch up on. I know. Yeah. It can be overwhelming for sure. <laughs> Proudest moment in your career so far? Actually, at the beginning of this year, I hosted a retreat in Bali and um, it was definitely a really proud moment for me because when I started my business, I had just... Um, it was on my vision board to create a retreat, like a yoga retreat. Um, I was a yoga teacher and all this. And when I moved into the productivity world, I just thought it wasn't really an option. Like I just kind of like assumed that, oh, I guess I won't have a retreat because I don't teach yoga anymore. And it was a big like shift for me to, to believe that I even could, to believe that anybody would want to do that. And then to actually like bring it to life. It was a really big just kind of like milestone moment for me. So I was super proud of myself. <laughs> that is so cool. Is Bali just amazing? I feel like it's- It was. Cool. It's as good as, yeah. I mean, I wanted it to be not as good as everyone made it out to seem, but it really was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Awesome. <laughs> I hate, I even hate talking about stuff like that now because it's just like, it's just rude because none of us can go anywhere. So I don't even, don't even tell me your favorite place because. <laughs> I know it's I'm, so sad. Hopefully uh, someday soon we can go out in public. Even. I, I'm <laughs> I think I might book a flight and just like for the future and just to have some, some hope. <laughs> yes. Yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah. And our last question. Mm-hmm, Lay it on. Uh, Okay. Yes. I am inspired by blank. Well, ironically, I'm really inspired by traveling. It's like when I get my best ideas, it's where I feel, yeah, I just feel the most inspired. I feel the most myself. I feel the most free. Um, But you know, that's including like traveling locally and just, there's something about that adventure that takes me out of my routine and puts me back into this the whole reason I started my business 
was to be able to have a life of freedom. And so living that, or like even in the tiniest little, even when it's like, let's go on a random road trip to pick up that Facebook marketplace find that's like three cities away, like it ignites something in me. So that's like always my biggest inspiration and all, like I can always see different milestones in my business based on where I had just been. And like, there's a little, like, you know, if I'd just gone to Amsterdam, there's a little bit of that, like in that culture, like infused in my next product or, um, or just like my blogs and stuff like that. Just how I, how I was, I guess. Um, so it is a little sad, but like I said, we can still travel locally kind of. Yes. Yes. Watch some old, like movies in taking place That's in other true. countries. <laughs> That's true. It's not as good, but we could try. Not. I watched it yesterday. I was watching a cooking video um, of somebody like making this Mexican dish and they were in Mexico and it, it just made me sad. <laughs> I know. Hopefully, hopefully someday soon we can get back to traveling. Um, yes. So where can people follow you, check out your website and all of your resources? Yeah. My website's alyssacoleman.ca and my Instagram is at alyssacoleman.ca. And I was just thinking, I do have a free like, um, guide on those four things. So I'll leave the link for it. It's alyssacoleman.ca slash big. And, um, so if you want, like I kind of sped through them, but if you want more details, that's a little more concise. Um, you can get that too, if you want. Perfect. I'll leave that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Alyssa. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Alyssa. Make sure to go follow her, check out her content. She is doing a lot of stuff for the new year. She has great programs and offerings. So make sure to go check her out and let's fight off that procrastination and automate more stuff in our businesses. Yeah. And just life, just life in general. We need that. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I do a Friday favor at the end of every episode, something I liked that week. It could be a product, a song, a show, whatever. So this week, it was the CMA Awards, so the Country Music Awards, and I'm a country music fan, and, but even if you're not, this is still a good one. So there is that song, 10,000 Hours by Dan and Shay with Justin Bieber, and they did a live version in an empty stadium, and it's just a piano playing, and it is beautiful. So that is my Friday favorite this week. Go type into YouTube. Justin Bieber, Dan and Shay, CMAs 2020. You'll find it. It is just beautiful. Listen to it. Take some deep breaths. It's just the piano and the beebs. It's amazing. So definitely that is my Friday favorite this week. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. I hope this episode provided value. If it did, make sure to screenshot it, tag at Working Girl Talk and tag Alyssa as well. Love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for everyone who has left reviews of the show. Always appreciate those. This is Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufel, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.